You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How would you describe the offensive practice against the Colts or the portion or whatever you focused on? What was your biggest takeaway from the first crossover? Yeah, look, like I, I mentioned to you that the intensity right away was was elevated and you could feel it from the stands. I think the first uh, rep, I don't have the, the the Colts roster in front of me, but the first reps in one-on-ones was a Justin Fields pass to DJ Moore that was broken up. And there was like a, a an audible gasp as the ball was in the air and then a roar from the Colts fans when it was knocked to the ground. You know, and you're like, okay, here we are. This is This is live action where one team wins and one team loses, whereas opposed to Bears on Bears training camp, you know, somebody on the Bears always wins every rep. You know, it's like, oh, that was a good play by the defense. Oh, it was, you know, whatever. So you had that throughout the night. And I think that's a good environment for this offense to be in to, to kind of feel that a little bit and to be challenged and to lose a little bit and then to try to fight back from the losses and then to win a little bit and then to try to keep that success rolling. I mentioned to you on the Mully and Haw show uh, earlier Thursday morning that the most impressive part of practice for Justin Fields was a seven on seven period where he went boom, 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 six for six. And it was six for six in a very uh, command worthy, efficient, decisive way. You know, and this is against an opposing defense. Now, look, seven on seven is seven on seven. You have no fear of a pass rush. There's very little to deter your vision. It should be just read it and rip it. And Justin read it and ripped it six straight reps, completion, 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 five different targets. And you're like, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like. Well, then you get in the team drills a little bit, uh, two interceptions, one of them, a, a ricochet off Equinemius St. Brown's hands. And then one later in an 11, 11 period where Justin in a cluttered pocket, just tried to do too much. And, and, and without a, a firm base underneath them, tried to heave one deep to Darnell Mooney, couldn't get enough on it. The safety who was in coverage there was able to react, kind of camp under it like a center fielder and, and make the interception. And as I told you, that's the type of mistake that if you're making that a month from now, Chicago is going to be on fire on Monday afternoon when everyone is talking or Sunday afternoon or Monday morning, as is your case, it, just reacting to the poor decision, right? And those poor decisions can't be consistent. They can't be regular. And so you're still kind of riding the roller coaster with this first unit offense where you see some really, really nice flashes and then some mistakes where you go, man, that's that's going to be deadly when they start playing games that count. Well, here we are again, back to a place we have visited before, wondering about, for me, how wide the gap is be between perception and reality. And I, I think it's so cool that, we have technology that allows us to have, you know, isolated situations at these practices where Justin Fields throws a dime and G DJ Moore goes up and catches it with one hand and gets two right. feet in bounds and they slow it down and they put it to music. And all of a sudden, the football fan inside all of us is like, I can see him doing that against the Packers. I can see that happening in September. And then that is an indelible 
feeling an image in your memory. That's that's perception. That's effective PR, if you will, propaganda even. And then I think that there's the other end of the spectrum where, you know, maybe during the two-minute drill, he didn't make so many good decisions and he's throwing the ball to the wrong guy and reading the wrong uh, defender and this and that. And it's still somewhat unpolished and sloppy. And I wonder how wide the gap is, Dan. And that's why that's why when, you know, these preseason games are played, I do think that the Bears would be wasting opportunities for him to grow if they don't play Justin Fields at least, you know, a quarter and a half to two quarters because I don't I don't think that they've removed the, the – I don't think they've earned the benefit of the doubt yet. And I think that these, these, these highlights from practices that get so kind of magnified leave sometimes a false impression. I'm not trying to – puff our chest out here on this podcast, but you describe this very well here where, where sometimes it's unstoppable and sometimes it's unpolished, you know, and there's a lot of both here throughout the, the, the three weeks of training camp that we've been a part of. You, you see these plays that DJ Moore are making are real plays. These are real plays that are going to be incredibly valuable to Justin Fields in this offense when the regular season begins to be able to put a ball out there and watch your receiver go get it and go get it with one hand and then show the body control and the and the, the, the field awareness to get both feet down. You're like, that's that's beautiful. That's that's stuff that that is going to make highlight reels when the regular season starts is they're going to be talking about it on Sunday countdown. And then you're going to be talking about the next night on, on, uh, on Monday. And then there's these other plays where you're like, yeah, that's super unpolished. And it's why this bears offense is a bottom four offense. That's trying to become, you know, maybe a top 20 offense in 2023. If you set the bar, right, you should be able to see market progress and growth in the right direction, um, you know, from now until the regular season and then in the first month of the regular season and then the second month of the regular season. The problem here, David, is everybody in the outside world seems to want to have a conclusion drawn and then basically find the evidence that supports their pre-drawn conclusion rather than letting this thing evolve and play out and unfold. And I, I think that's probably what bothers me more than anything is every time I come out to one of these things, they, they, because of my job, they get, they hand me a lanyard that gives me access to watch these practices. And my job is to tell you everything that happens objectively, unvarnished, good, bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the, the everything in between. And so I think when, when, when you take that full picture view of it, you understand it's still bumpy and that all these things are true. There's good days, there's bad days, there's good periods, there's bad periods, and this Bears offense is just nowhere near this 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 machine and this juggernaut that social media would want you to believe because of the concocted and, and Hollywood-style clips that you get to watch. Right, and we're pointing this out not to be uh, contrarians, and we're pointing this out not to just because – you don't believe that Justin Fields can't become a, a bona fide NFL star or Pro Bowl quarterback. I think I'm pointing this out. You're pointing this out because it just underscores the need for patience and letting him develop because we have both seen, whether it's in Chicago or throughout the NFL, you know, noise can be a factor and it can be it, it can create distractions and the weight of expectations can crush a, a quarterback, a running back, a, a defensive pass rusher, whatever the case is. And I would hate to see that happen to Justin Fields because what's happening to me is that that gap I talked about between perception and reality is creating some unrealistic expectations heading into year three. I still believe the passing game can be effective, but I also believe in the same breath, it's probably one of the top three weaknesses on this team. If you're looking at, you know, defending the run, rushing the passer, throwing the ball down the field. I mean, that's not a knock on Justin Fields. That doesn't mean he can't do it, but they haven't done it. And I'm a believer in experience, and I just think that 
there's a lot of room to grow and being patient is the best way to go. Doesn't mean he can't get there. It just might, it just means it might take a while. You know what else you're a believer in and what most of the NFL is a believer in is consistency, right? And consistency is going to be what separates the really good quarterbacks in this league from the guys that are oh so tantalizing, but always just a tease. I mean, Jay Cutler was, was breathtaking at times during his Bears career, made throws and played games where you're like, that's it. That's why they traded all those picks away. That's why they felt like their, their Super Bowl Express had a driver. And then you got you know, eight years into it. And you said, boy, that was a weird 500 existence. You know, we, we won as often as we lost and, and, and it just was what it was. And so uh, look like, I, I think you make a really valid point that if you're expecting a top tier offense in the first four or five weeks of this season, you're just setting yourself up to be disappointed. And that's up to you. Like every fan can make their own uh, judgments and, and expectations, how they see fit. And they can trust the eyes of whoever they want to trust during these months. And, and you can gravitate towards things you want to hear, or you can gravitate towards things that, that give you a fuller picture, you know, and, and challenge some of the things that you believe in. I think internally, one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast for more than a year now, Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus do a wonderful job inside that, that building of keeping everything grounded, everything in perspective, everything centered. And so I think internally, the expectations are set exactly right. And now they've just got to kind of manage what they're, what they're reacting to inside the building with a lot of the noise and stuff that, that does become part of it. It does become part of their world once the regular season starts and all this stuff starts to amplify. They, they are the least or should be the least of anybody's worries. I really am impressed with the way they continue to be consistent with their approach and mindset and, and the way they're coaching these guys. And look, Dan, just, just before we move on from the quarterback conversation, it's just you're in Indianapolis. You're watching the Colts. And I think that this is a great reminder because what's happening with Anthony Richardson without you know being a Colts expert, what's happening with Anthony Richardson to me also just amplifies and accentuates the what's the problem in the NFL now. The the rule, the default almost has become draft a quarterback high, let him be the starter from day one, let him make mistakes along the way, where it really should be the opposite. It should be the Patrick Mahomes example. Sit a year, maybe gain some experience, get some seasoning, and then go into go into year two with a better chance. And maybe that is, you know, a redshirt year, if you will. We talked about that uh, in the last pod. We talked about whether or not, you know, the, in retrospect, could Justin Fields have benefited from either getting getting the, the starting job earlier his rookie year or not. But I, I just look at what the Colts are doing. They're setting themselves up for a boom or bust. And they're talking about, you're talking about unrealistic expectations. This kid in Indy is being praised as for his athletic traits which are obvious but i just don't know if you can expect a young man to make that transition so quickly and i think that's just indicative of what we're talking about we get so we're in such a hurry for these things to happen in the nfl that it does require patience that not everybody has well, right. And and not everybody is ever going to have it. And, and like, I think you make a couple really valid points there in terms of, uh, you know, just the, the, the crescendo of hype that, that seems to now build because they look like there are so many more conversations being had. There are so many more outlets for people to get a, a mass volume of information that, that that floods them with either hope or dread or or or, or beyond adrenalizing excitement. Right. On Thursday night on Football Night in Chicago, on NBC Sports Chicago, I am interviewing the author, Matt Lombardo, of FanBuzz.com, who has a top, 20, top uh, 
quarterback rankings one through 32 that has Justin Fields seventh. <laughs> okay. Justin Fields seventh. Now I have a lot of respect for Matt Lombardo. I, I just because he's a professional doing the work, I'm not that familiar with what he does. I'm looking forward to interviewing him. But Dan, are you telling me that Justin Fields is the seventh best quarterback in the NFL before he has started his third year? I think this is in line with what you're talking about, this crescendo of hype. That's a great way to put it. That would be a name of a great band. The crescendo <laughs> of hype is what happens to every young quarterback in every NFL city desperate for him to succeed. So, so yeah, the desperation is is kind of the driving force of a lot of this, and it certainly is in Chicago because every time that we reboot at the quarterback position, the the, the fan base in the city gets more desperate to find their forever guy, and then they crown him with with nicknames like H one M and 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 <laughs> allow him to to be coronated before he's passed the checkpoints that are that are there. You, to your previous point, like the Bears are going to run into a quarterback in week one, three and a half weeks from now, who will be a first year starter in Green Bay will be in year four as a quarterback right and so you you now have this this situation with Jordan Love where you're going to see this does that behind the scenes seasoning allow you to be a little bit more grounded does it allow you to be a little more steady does it allow you to to get over the bumps a little bit quicker than a, a first year quarterback would who has no experience as a backup or no experience as a starter uh indianapolis with anthony richardson jim bob cooter is the offensive coordinator here and he's going to have to try to probably emulate a little bit of what luke getsy did which is spend a little bit of time in the early going of the regular season seeing what your quarterback can do and what he can't do and then we talked all last year about that mini buy adjustment that luke getsy made and i remember talking to luke getsy at the end of the year in um, just trying to to gauge the value of what that was when they when they when they changed things up in October and they allowed Justin to use his gifts as a runner a little bit more readily and it just created a little bit of a success breakthrough and the success breakthrough created some calm for Justin and it created excitement in the fan base and it, it provided a little bit more of a cushion you know and some guardrails around some of the crashes that that went on you know uh, both before that that hot. 21 day surge that we talk about and after. And so like, you've got to, to, to manage that as an organization, you've got to manage that as a coaching staff. It's going to be interesting to see how the Colts do it. Um, you know, with the bears, like it's just fascinating to me that there are, that there's just so much out there to give you the hook, you know, and the bait and to bite on and, and believe that Justin is, is already a top 10 quarterback. You know, I did a piece around combine time where I talked to a bunch of NFL sources who gave the full book on Justin Fields. I read it last week just to see how much of it is held up. Read it again. There's a lot in there from people in the league that tell you this is breathtaking. This is a, a, a major concern area. And we've got to keep an eye on these things as his development goes on. Mike Sando, I keep hearkening back to the, the, the 50 source quarterback tears project he did these are people in the league 50 of them david more than four dozen that tell you who justin is and they tell you that he's the 21st best quarterback in the nfl right now can you can ignore that. that if you want if, if, if you see a top 10 list from some guy that makes you feel drunk with excitement and has justin field seventh or eighth or sixth and, and you say man i saw what he did for my fantasy team last year cool the rest of the league thinks he's a, 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 a the 21st best quarterback with a chance to maybe climb into the top dozen if all goes well in 2023 and that's not an insult that's it's not. An evaluation. It's reality. That's a, it's an evaluation. And you know what? They, the, these athletes can take it. They can take it better than the people that adore them sometimes. 